Welcome to the Spa Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. On today's podcast, we're covering how to help balance your hormones naturally so you can overcome symptoms and get your life back. My guest is Dr. Anna Kabeca. She is a triple board certified physician and hormone expert who was diagnosed with early menopause at age 38. Devastated by this, she set out on a personal wellness journey to reverse her menopause symptoms which resulted in her getting her health back and delivering a healthy baby girl at the age of 41. After experiencing her own health successes, Dr. Kabeca began counseling others and ultimately changing the lives of thousands of women around the world. She is author of The Hormone Fix and Keto Green 16. These books, along with her other empowering transformation programs, have helped women of all ages become themselves again. Her work has been featured in major media, including NBC, CBS, ABC, People.com, and NPR. Dr. Kabeca is back on the Spot Doctor podcast to share with us how hormones impact our memory, mood, sleep, and much more. And she explains ways we can use diet, including intermittent fasting and ketosis to help balance hormones and optimize health and vitality. So please enjoy this interview. Anna, it's so great to have you back on the Spot Doctor podcast. Welcome. It is always a pleasure to be here with you, Trevor. Thanks for having me back. Of course. So we're talking about a hot topic, which is hormones. Uh, always popular topic um, with the spot doctor community. We always you know, want to know what we can do to balance our hormones, optimize our hormones. And I think that sometimes people think, oh, okay, well, we just, we're just going to do bioidentical hormones or hormone replacement therapy to fix hormones, especially as they decline with, with age. But there's so much more we can do to support the body and, and balancing hormones. So that's why I wanted to have you back on to talk about this. Yeah. And it is such an important topic. Like how do some people sail through and others have more uh, and longer difficulty during this transition time or actually in the post-menopause and, and how we say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. That is so true. If that wasn't the case, everyone on thyroid meds would be thin, but we know that's not the case. So we really have to look at what are the therapeutic um, ways that we can improve our transition through menopause and certainly maintain the highest quality of life, the best immune system, right? The strength and resilience that we need at every age, but especially as we get older, so that we live that quality of life that we've worked so hard to do. Absolutely. And, and that, that misbelief that, that we have to suffer and struggle um, as we age and we have to feel tired or just struggle with, you know, be more overweight or all these things. It's not true that there's so no. much we can do to optimize our health so that we can age gracefully and enjoy the quality of life that you're talking about. So what are some of the things that you think are really fundamental to help balance hormones? So definitely there are like several factors. So I call it then that are combined into what I call my keto green way, my keto green way of doing things. And, and the first thing is that when we understand 
that our hormones are shifting and decline, you know, shifting in different ways at different times as we're aging, what hormones are decreasing, like our reproductive hormones, and what hormones are increasing, like our stress and inflammatory hormones. And so we, when we understand that, we have to kind of turn the tide and do dietary and lifestyle uh, changes that make a difference and then supplement with hormones so that we raise the baseline, right? We fill the gaps in our hormonal profile. And, and that makes a big difference in the quality of life as we're getting older. I think that, um, Trevor, can I share a slide with you? Sure. Because <laughs> I can show you what's happening better than I can tell you what's happening. And right. I, I think it yeah. does, it does make a difference in, yeah, and in how we do this. It. For people who are listening and not watching, you just... Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So well, as you're, as you're listening to this, um, one of the, the key factors that's happening, especially as women are transitioning, that one of the first hormones to decline is progesterone. So progesterone is, is a neuroprotective hormone. It's, it's a neuroprotective hormone. It's important for our nervous system, for our brain, for our moods, for our relaxation, for our bone, our breast, our, you know, our, our sexuality. I mean, these are, this is a really important hormone. And as in women, we rely on the production of progesterone from the ovaries primarily. But as our progest as we get older and our ovarian function declines naturally over time, our progesterone levels start to sharply decline. Estrogen follows as well, declining with some swings in estrogen, which also create the, you know, more of the hormonal shifts and much of the mood swings, et cetera, that we can experience, hot flashes, night sweats, DHEA starts peaks in our 20s and then starts to decline in our late 20s to early 30s. Testosterone as well starts to decline with the decrease in production of, of progesterone. But what's really fasting, and this is what I wanted, the point I so want to make, is as we're going into this, this hormonal shift, the symptoms that we experience are the gynecologic symptoms like irregular cycles, breakthrough bleeding, heavier than normal periods as well as sometimes symptomatic fibroids and ovarian cysts, but it's also the neurologic symptoms, PMS, mood swings, anxiety, difficulty in sleeping, and, and the weight gains right in there, as well as vaginal dryness, decrease in libido, and we're experiencing brain fog, loss of mental clarity, and bone loss as well. And what I discovered through my own journey was that the brain fog and the irritability and the mood swings, not to mention the weight gain was absolutely unacceptable. And I had been living a very high quality life, right? And, but, you know, certainly the, this transition left me having the, the symptoms, like my perfect memory was maybe 10% of what it used to be. And I didn't understand that, but I knew the weight gain was unacceptable. So that's where I really shifted to keto and then optimized keto by making it keto green or keto alkaline, as I initially called it, getting the alkaline nutrition and lifestyle factors in place. Because what's happening? Why was I getting that brain fog? Why are so many women getting this brain fog and this um, loss of mental clarity oftentimes as we age? Well, and this is the big part here is that glucose metabolism in the brain is an estrogen de dependent phenomenon. So as we're losing progesterone or precursor 
hormone to estrogen and estrogen level, estrogen level starts to decline as well, we have an increase in symptoms because our brain's basically starving. If glucose is a primary fuel in our brain, then we have to shift to using something else. And that's where shifting to ketones becomes really, really important. Ketones as fuel, but doing ketone, you know, getting into ketosis the right way. Okay, great. So can you explain to everybody what ketones are and what ketosis is? Yeah, so ketones are essentially energy energy molecules from fat, just like glucose is an an energy source to our body. I would say glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel, right? There's there's a difference in energy. And, And so glucose, we absolutely have circulating throughout our body at all times, more after a meal especially if there was high carbohydrate meal, we can have peaks and valleys in glucose as an energy fuel, but ketones are the, are, are derived from fat, either fat we're ingesting or there are fat stores. And frankly, we want to use our fat stores as much as possible. You know, especially if we've got extra fat stores, which seems like I always do. So we want, I want to use my own fat stores to create those ketones as as that fuel source. And that how, that's how it really shifted to have a higher brain clarity. So getting into ketosis is getting into that fat burning state, shifting away from using the predominantly glucose metabolism from carbohydrates. And the benefits of ketosis, we've known for over a hundred years that it benefits individuals with seizure disorders and Parkinson's disease. And this is where a lot of those studies initially stemmed from. But over the last you know, decade, it really revived in interest as we looked at the you know, shocking increase in Alzheimer's and dementia and being able to shift to ketosis in those clients and seeing an improvement as well. So, so this is the area that is really, really fascinating because there's many ways we can go keto. In other words, getting into the fat burning state but there's ways to do it healthfully and ways that can actually hurt us in the long run, especially women, especially women. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of those things that make the difference to do it healthy versus not healthy way? I have to share my experience is how I came up with the entire, my entire keto green program is so that when I hit age 48, I um, was, you know, struggling. I experienced that. I experienced what my patients and your patients come in to tell, you know, tell us about. They would say, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds overnight and I'm not doing anything different. And I'd be like, yeah, sure you're not, right? Surely you're doing something different. And lo and behold, God will make me humble. I gained 20 pounds, what it felt like overnight. And honestly, I hadn't been doing anything different. So I knew because I'd been well over 240 pounds at some point, kept 80 pounds off for nearly a decade. And this weight gain started climbing back up. So I was panicked because who knew when it would stop, right? I might be over 300 pounds when that weight gain stopped. Not to mention I was irritable. I was, you know, a single mom and dad to my kids, you know, a child in elementary, a child in middle school, a child in high school. It was a really hectic and stressful time of my life. And I had, um, uh, retired my clinic so I could be a, you know, take care of my kids predominantly at that point of my, um, at that point of my life. And so this, this waking that was terrifying. And so I went strictly keto and I put patients who have had seizures or Parkinson's in my practice on keto before, 
And I had also used a very similar approach to my clients with candida or systemic candidiasis. And so I'd been familiar with it. And I recalled as I was experiencing what I call going keto crazy, because I knew not to get keto flu, but I was experiencing keto crazy. I was, I hit a wall, so to speak. I was irritable, agitated, and, and that's not a good place to be as a mom of teenagers, for sure, right? We don't want to be that way. And uh, so I needed to understand why. I did what um, I have my clients do, you know, check urine pH and ketones. So just check urine pH and ketones. So I started checking my urine pH and I was as acidic as the test paper read. So who knows exactly how acidic my urine was. And I consider urine pH testing a vital sign, just like our weight, just like our blood pressure, just like our pulse. It is a vital sign telling us how we're interacting with our world nutrition and environment. And it really is a barometer in so many ways. But I was as acidic, so no wonder I was feeling inflamed and on edge. So I shifted to get more alkaline foods in my diet. So doubling up on my Mighty Maca Plus, doubling up on beet greens and kale and collards, you know, and, and encouraging more of the low carbohydrate, alkalinizing dark leafy vegetables, as well as cruciferous vegetables into my diet in a way that really made sense. And doing ketosis through intermittent fasting, no more snacking, really increasing the insulin sensitivity so my body could shift into ketosis quicker. And it was hard initially. It took me three to five days to get into ketosis, but getting alkaline was a priority. And when I did that, the combination of getting both a urine pH of seven, 7.5 or higher and in ketosis at the same time, time, it was like a light bulb went off. I had mental clarity, my memory returned, I experienced what is talked about in the Bible, the peace that surpasses all understanding, like if nothing in my external world had changed, but yet I was calm, centered, peaceful. And, and the weight, you know, within a within a few weeks, the weight had all fallen back off. That just opened my eyes because I've been working with menopausal hormone hormonal patients, let's say for decades. So I started incorporating this in, in clients, my most difficult clients. I know you have some too that are over 50 and no matter what we do, we can't move the needle. So, you know, I, I put them in what I called my um, keto alkaline plan. Now it's keto green. And honestly, within eight weeks, 100% of them had success and not just in weight loss, but in mental clarity and, you know, just sense of enjoyment in life and, and no more aches and pains. We check symptom scores and we've seen as much as 90 to 100% decrease in, in symptom scores in individuals on average. And so that's really beautiful. Now I, in my new book coming out, Keto Green 16, I made a 16 day condensed kick butt program to really help us get there as quickly as possible. Okay, that's that's amazing. Thank you for sharing your personal story in this. Um, I know a lot of times if we don't experience it ourselves, it's hard for us to know what our patients are going through. Um, so I, I thank you for sharing that and um, and for being willing to adjust the way that you work with your patients to realize what's best for them too. Um, so tell us more about intermittent fasting and how that plays into this, because I know it's really popular right now to talk about fasting and intermittent fasting. And there's a lot of confusion or questions about how exactly this should be done. So how do you incorporate that? Yeah. So in, in what I know is that research has shown that even if we have 12 and a half to 13 hours between dinner and breakfast, a study was published in JAMA in 2016 that looked at 
clients with recurrent breast cancer. And when they had fasted 12.5 to 13 hours, they had significantly reduced rate of recurrent breast cancer. So breast cancer clients were tested and, and were inventoried. And if they were intermittent fasters, just even for that 12 and a half to 13 hours, their risk of recurrence was significantly less. And that just, that, that's just beautiful finding. There's many reasons for that. One, it creates insulin sensitivity. So we become more insulin sensitive which decreases inflammation in our body, decreases circulating glucose, and also improves, you know, certainly improves our cardiovascular panel and in inflammatory markers all the way around. So insulin sensitivity is, is critical. You know, as physicians, this is something every patient knows. If you've, we've asked you as a doctor, we've said, okay, go get fasting blood work in the morning, at least 12 hours between dinner and breakfast. Why 12 hours? Because honestly, it takes that long to really get to your baseline. It's not two hours, not four hours, it's 12 hours. And, and from wearing um, a continuous blood sugar monitor, sometimes you know, clients will find that maybe it's even longer for them, depending on how insulin resistant they are. It can be even longer to get to a steady state baseline level of glucose, which is fascinating. So with my program, I do 16 hours. I push us up to 16 hours, start at 12, move to 13, Go up, don't just cold turkey into it. Like every other exercise, it takes time. Every other exercise, it takes time. Muscles need to be encouraged. And fasting is a muscle. Think of it as a muscle that you're exercising. So with the duration increasing for us in Keto Green, 16 to 16 hours can really make a difference. It turns on autophagy. The longer we fast, the um, more likely we are to turn on a system called autophagy, which is our own, our body's own um, caretaking system, like dust, you know, get rid of the bad, remove the old and restore, restore the new to help kind of regenerate our own cell health. Cell health and that's where intermittent fasting comes through. My program's different, Trevor, because it's not just about the intermittent fasting, it's also about no snacking. So I don't believe in these feeding windows, at least not for women. Men have 10 times as much testosterone as women, but we need to maintain insulin sensitivity to have a higher quality of life. We have almost 2.6 times the risk of men, will definitely double the risk of men for Alzheimer's. And so the more insulin sensitive we can become, the you know, drop our hemoglobin A1C closer to five, the lower risk we're going to have for Alzheimer's. So we need to do everything as proactively as possible to do that. And not to mention hot flashes go away. Hot flashes absolutely go away. So that's an added bonus. But that's the reason why I you know, encourage people to alkalinize first thing in the morning when you get up. So a quick shot of an alkalinizer, you know, a tall glass of alkaline water, and then break fast. You know, if we're doing a 16-hour, say that's a beef, Eat by six, definitely by 7 p.m. in the evening. Break fast between 10 and 11 a.m. And, you know, let that be your lunch. Let that be your that healthy meal. You're breaking fast with healthy fats, fiber, and quality protein. So, and then wait till dinner, wait till your supper to eat another keto green meal. And I kind of go over that in my in my program, we actually created a keto calculator too. So individuals, you got to take this yourself. Let me know how you like it and what your results are. But it's, um, it's a keto calculator. So it's at dranna.com forward slash keto calc, and you'll have a link for it. But it is a um, where you can measure out your macros based on your 
quality, you know, based on your um, size, based on your activity level, and whether you want to lose, gain, or maintain weight. And it will show you a keto green day. So what does that look like for you in a keto green day? You know, how do you alkalinize in the morning? How do you, you know, break fast with what would a keto green meal look like for you based on your macros and uh, caloric needs to a degree? And it gives you a, a visual, a visual of what that looks like. And, you know, I'm a visual person. So I wanted to create these um, bonuses to really help you help people see how easy it is to live keto green and get that visual so we can incorporate it into our life. That's nice. And it sounds like it's a way to kind of help adjust and tweak it for, for your own needs. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So you mentioned hemoglobin A1C. Um, just for people who are not familiar what that is, can you explain that? And is it something you think everyone should be tested for? And if so, how often? Yeah, I absolutely think it is one of those markers we all need to watch. That's one of my primary things. I want people to know, like they know the, their number, their weight on the scale. I want them to know their hemoglobin A1C. And so I, I really, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's a good idea to get it. Certainly if we're over 30, we should at least start looking at it. And depending on what the number is, you know, monitor it regularly. So, um, where we want to see that number is close to 5.0. What we say in medicine, if it's six or over, you're, you know, six to seven, you're pre-diabetic, seven is diabetic. By then it's way too late. You've got so much to reverse, right? You still will reverse it. I've seen clients with hemoglobin uh, A1C of six go down to 5.4 in as little as one month. So, um, so, and that's soon to check, but she's a physician and she was monitoring regularly and she'd been at 6.0 for 10 years, despite doing everything she could do exercise. And, and so within one month going keto green, she shifted it from six to 5.4. I mean, that's a huge difference for anyone listening to move it. 0.1 percentage point is a huge improvement. So we know that we certainly want to get it below 5.3. So as close to 5.0 as possible. Um, but definitely below 5.3. What the research shows is that when we are above 5.3, every point above 5.3, like 5.4, 5.5, et cetera, increases our risk of, risk of Alzheimer's exponentially. So, so that's a big eye-opening um, mm-hmm. you know, result. I mean, that is really an eye-opener because this is something that we do have so much control over. Mm-hmm. And so hemoglobin A1C, for people who aren't familiar with it, is it's your, your blood sugar over a period of time rather than just getting like a fasting blood sugar that mm-hmm. just tells you that moment in time when your blood sugar, when your bl- blood is drawn. But hemoglobin A1C gives us an idea of how it is over a period of time, right? And that's what, about a month? Uh, two months, typically, typically two months. So to see yeah. a change in one month is that's, surprising. Yeah, that's why I was surprised to hear you say that. Um, okay, well, interesting, because I guess it is two months that you could even perhaps change it within a month. Yeah. And I, and I think like you said, the frequency of testing. So if we're above 5.3, I think we really want to look certainly every three months to we, so we can see that number go down. We want to see that improve. And again, it doesn't matter. I've had clients in their eighties. We can see, we can see improvements in that number and it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, great. That's a really important one. Let's talk about the immune system for a little bit. And and uh, you know, there's so there's been so much concern about you know the coronavirus, and and of course you know just in general, we want to keep our immune system strong, no matter what, whether it's a new virus or it's the typical flu that that is coming through. As we get older, we also are at higher risk for complications associated with any kind of infection, right? And so we want to keep our immune system strong. And people may not realize the connection between our hormones and our immune system. So can you shed some light on that? Yes, definitely. Every, every single one of our hormones has a role on our immune system, certain ones that can um, build it up and others that can tear it down. Progesterone, one of our neuro, like the neuroendocrine hormone, this neuroprotective hormone, really helps support our immunity. And it makes a really big difference. When we are stressed, we deplete progesterone. And as we age, especially in women, it naturally declines. And so this is where I'm a really big fan of exogenous progesterone and even pregnenolone support and something that I use in my patients. And it, it can make a big difference also for our immune system. But also in general too, DHEA, another very important hormone, is important. We know this like a hormone of resilience. It's also taken down by stress. So it's a hormone produced by our adrenal glands and also testes in men and ovaries in women but it is a marker of resilience. So checking our hormone levels as we get older is important and doing the things naturally we can to improve our body's natural production. And I address this in my books because our nutrition, the way we nourish our body and our lifestyle impacts that. Because uh, we talked about a hemoglobin A1C, that is the more insulin resistant we get, the higher hemoglobin A1C gets. Well, just as we age, insulin starts to creep up anyway. So by, and insulin, and insulin interacts with testosterone, with progesterone, and with cortisol in so many ways, this can affect our immune system and bring us down, right? It tears us down because it's a life-saving hormone. Same with cortisol. It, you know, it's a catabolic hormone, it breaks us down. It is a life-saving hormone. We need it, but we have to bump out of the lifestyles and the you know, dietary habits that increase or exacerbate insulin and cortisol. And so, so that's critical. So we need to do things to boost our immune system, create more insulin sensitivity, like going keto green, to balance cortisol, like you know, add the alkalinizers into your system, test your urine pH, don't guess, that makes a difference. So you're balancing cortisol and that's all going to boost our immunity because when we need it, when we are attacked by a virus, we are attacked by a bacteria, our immune system needs to respond. If it's on call all the time, our soldiers get tired. That's just the way it is. And sugar also puts our soldiers, our immune soldiers into a comatose state, so to speak, for a time period, even after a can of soda. So we can't risk that anymore. We have to keep a strong guard, so to speak, in our immune system. So optimize our body's natural production of our resilient, you know, beneficial and neuroprotective hormones, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, and create a optimization and of insulin. So creating a body that's more insulin sensitive, in other words, responds very quickly to glucose, tucks it away and versus insulin resistant where we need higher and higher levels of insulin to do the same thing, right? We don't need that. 
and then also creating a lifestyle through nutrition and and meditation, getting out in nature, watching sunrises and sunsets, getting a good night's sleep. I mean, all these factors that help our body's circadian rhythm and cortisol. And that way we have a stronger immune system. And we certainly, there you talk all the time about herbals and uh, nutrients that can help promote a healthy adrenal status and immune system as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for talking about that. I think it's so important for for us to be thinking about all the ways that we can support immune system. So certainly having having that be a part of it. Um, so Anna, tell tell everybody where they can find your book and and learn more about you. Well, thank you at my website at dranna.com, like drana d r a n n a dot com. Okay, great. Anna, thanks so much for coming on today and sharing your valuable information. Um, Stay healthy and um, we'll have to have you back on again sometime. Thank you, Trevor. Great to see you again. Thank you all. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Anna Kobeka. To learn more about her, you can go to thespadoctor.com, go to the podcast page with her interview, and you'll find all the information and links there. And while you're there at thespadoctor.com, I invite you to join the Spot Doctor community so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows and information. Also, if you haven't taken the skin quiz, I invite you to do so at theskinquiz.com find out what information your skin might be trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it. Just go to theskinquiz.com. Also, I invite you to join us on social media. The Spot Doctor is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. You can join the conversation there. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor podcast. 